All right, all right, all right. Zachariah chapter 14. We're finally here. Finally here. Moment, y'all. I've been waiting for Zechariah chapter 14. Reading on the New Living Translation. The Lord will rule the earth. Watch. That's the heading. The Lord will rule the earth. The Lord will rule the earth. Not might, not maybe. He will. Like, no matter what. Even after two, the Bible is over. Doesn't exist anymore. When I've left this earth, I'm long gone. Whether I get sucked up into the sky or whatever God choose, you know, wherever, whatever, how, yeah. Long after I'm gone, this world is gone. This is what happened. This is going to happen. Just like that one scripture that says, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. Boom. This is a guarantee. Uh, what's his name? The Mr. Uh, George Foreman. The mean green, mean, lean, mean grilling machine man. He would always say, I guarantee it. I guarantee this. The Lord Jesus will rule the earth. I saw somebody on my Facebook timeline. I've taken a break off Facebook for the last few days. I'm trying to go two weeks at least, no Facebook. But he posted something about some some crazy stuff about Jesus and him not really being God and being a fraud. I was like, whoa. It's like, whoa, 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 buddy. <laughs> Be careful what you say. Cause uh one day you have to stand before this man. Yeah, you're gonna have to he says every knee will bow. Every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. I guarantee it. All right, verse one. Watch for the day of the Lord. Watch. There's a comma after that. Watch. Watch. With ex- every day, we should have this expectancy that Jesus could return at any time, any moment, any second. Jesus could return. I have to be honest. I don't always live that way. Like. You know, I don't, I'm not, yeah, I don't, I don't always, sometimes I always joke with my brother, I hope my last, you know, play is a highlight before it's time for me to check up out of here. God catches me, he returns, you know, he catches me doing something good, you know, like helping some old lady across the street or, I don't know, whatever it is, <laughs> he catches me doing the right thing. Um But uh, um, and not the wrong thing. But anyway, watch, 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 watch for the day of the Lord is coming when your possessions will be plundered right in front of you. So your nice. You know, items, your video game systems, your nice surround sound systems and projectors and favorite instrument. Just think of your favorite thing on in this world. Even your spouse. 
Well, hopefully your spouse won't be plundered. Should be going on to glory with the Lord. But um, whatever it is, your, your brand new Lexus, Corvette, Mustang, whatever your favorite, whatever it is, a Range Rover, Land Rover, whatever you value most on this earth, it's going to burn. It's going to be gone. It's going to be right here. It says it's going to be plundered right in front of you and i'm kind of taking my time on these two things I, these caught my eyes i was reading this i was like this one verse right here packs so much power like and it's very important like you could preach a whole sermon i love people say like pastor josh baker at harmony loves to say that will preach this one verse right here will you could preach a whole sermon about how our possessions the day of the Lord is coming our possessions will be plundered right in front of you I actually had this happen after my divorce I lost pretty much everything the trumpet that I had I grew up with was stolen um, that, that actually belonged to my Uncle Thomas the one who passed away my basketball collection, or I should say our basketball collection, the one that my brother and I had together that was in my possession, stolen. Some other items stolen out of that storage unit. And when that happened, I kind of like, I don't know, I like having nice things. It is cool to have, I don't know, sometimes I admit that I can like nice things a little bit too much little bit of two of an attachment especially in america in this we live in a consumerist and consumeristic is that the word we love to consume things here in america amazon there's a reason why there's an amazon fulfillment center almost like every corner in america now because we love things and this scripture right here says watch the day of the lord is coming at any moment he could reappear and our possessions be gone. Verse 2, I will gather all the nations to fight against Jerusalem. The city will be taken, the houses looted, and the women raped. That don't sound too good. I want to be around this. this. Now this is, I believe, some great tribulation type stuff where there's some Christians that believe that we will, there's the pre-trib and the post-trib some denominations and sections of Christianity believe that we will actually go through the Great Tribulation. And then there's other Christians that believe that we won't go through, that we'll actually be raptured up before this happens. So anyway, and in some parts of the world, Christians are already experiencing some of this stuff. But it hasn't happened on a wide scale. It's crazy to, side note. I was listening. To, I like to listen to this one podcast sometimes called T Boy. It's called. It stands for the best one yet, and they usually talk about investments and things like of that sort. And but they do it in a fun way, and they usually only pick like three companies to talk about to focus on. Anyway, at the end of the the recording, they have like sometimes I have a fun fact or whatever of the day, and the fun fact that was shared was that there is now like seven point eight billion people on the planet now, close to eight billion people. 
Just in case y'all didn't know that 7.8 is close to 8. Just round up. <laughs> Sometimes I'll say stuff out loud. I'm like, why did I say that? I don't want to make people feel that I'm condescending them. I have a bad habit of that sometimes. But anyway, it's close to 8 billion people on the planet now. And still, if you took all those, if I heard her correctly, I think I heard her correctly. If you took those 8 billion people and put them into the the city of Los Angeles, like packed everyone in together, like the 8 billion people on the planet. Yeah, all those 8 billion people could fit into the city of Los Angeles, not the state of California, if I heard it correctly. She said the city of Los Angeles, if you packed all 8 billion people, we could all fit in the city of Los Like, how is that possible? But yeah, I guess yeah, we'd all be standing like side by side, like sardines. So when I hear stuff like that, I'm like, hmm. People talk about global warming and how we're killing the earth and all this. I'm like, no, we're not killing the earth. We're just, the earth is killing us because <laughs> of how we treated it and making it more in, in, inhabitable. And that's a whole nother discussion. I'm not one of these, I'm not trying, I'm not one of these. Anyway people that is going to get on you for about being like super green i do think we need to protect our planet and do more things to conserve energy and water and natural resources and stop polluting the earth and all that stuff and recycle more but i'm not gonna like call you evil if you don't do those things so anyway where was i going with all that when i think about the fact that there's eight billion people almost eight million people on this earth and counting and they can all fit into the city of Los Angeles. This makes you think like, we got a whole lot more growing to do. Like, there's a lot more people to still, like, this earth thing could keep going on for a whole nother hundred to a thousand years before, you know. A lot of people think we're the millennial generation, you know, that we're, uh, we're the, the generation that will see Jesus return is like, who knows? Who knows? No man knows the day or the hour. All right, anyway, back to what I was saying. Half the population will be taken into captivity and the rest will be left among the ruins of the city. Verse three, that would suck to be the ones left in among the ruins. That That's why I think all them, uh, these apocalyptic movies have been coming out like, Hunger Games and y'all know all the other ones I can't think of them all but they all show like this apocalyptic type world um, this savagery verse 3 then the Lord will go out to fight against those nations as he has fought in times past on that day his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives east of Jerusalem and the mountain of olives will split apart, making a wide valley running from east to west. Half the mountain will move toward the north and half toward the south. Now this now this is where you can like when you're reading the Bible, you can be like, okay, is the Lord, is God gonna really come down on earth and do that? Or is this kind of just like some imagery stuff that he's doing 
in the invisible realm that we won't be able to see, but it'll be manifested in the physical realm. We won't be able to actually see him doing this, but he, you know, kind of like the Pangea effect, you know, whatever that was he learned about in school years ago. You might have remembered if you paid attention, you know, where there were all the, apparently the whole, all the uh, continents were one huge landmass at one point, and then they all split apart. Anyway, is he going to do some stuff like that? All right. It says half the mountain will move toward the north and half toward the south. You will flee through this valley for it will reach across to Azel. Who is you? Who are these people that are going to flee? What are you talking about? Yes. Oh, you will flee as you did from the earthquake in the days of King Uzziah of Judah. Then the Lord. Now. Okay. Keep going. Then the Lord, my God, will come and all his holy ones with him. So this is where you could argue that this is the. um, This group of people. Once again, Zacharias foretelling a future. He God gave him this vision of future events that are like that may way in the future that he wouldn't see with his physical, at least while he was here on earth. But he'll witness it. He's going to witness it in heaven. Then the Lord, yeah. So there's going to be this group of people. I personally like to lean toward the post-trib stuff. I like to think that God's going to beam me up. Please, Lord, don't let me go through the Great Tribulation. Please, Lord, because this, this sounds like some horrific stuff. Um, anyway, verse 6. On that day, the sources of light will no longer shine, yet there will be continuous day. So these lamp, these lights that I have, there will be no reason for white glow lights anymore. You know, people like to have are big on having really good lighting for their YouTube videos and you know if you think about the history of light and where it's come from and you know Thomas Edison spent all those hours just trying to come up with the light bulb and before that you had you know can't kerosene and fire or whatever and they talk yeah I listened to one podcast once that talked about just the history of light it was very fascinating and just how that and sped up our economy and the industrial revolution and all because of light has like light has exponentially like sped up the rapid um when I say what people call the evolution or I hate I don't really like using that word evolution but the um the modernization there we go the modernization of our world because of light because you can do a podcast at two o'clock in the morning because you have light and power and electricity anyway but here it says yet there will be continuous day why because jesus god he will be light he will there'll be no need for me to have this big old sheet and blanket over my windows anymore um blackout curtains like i wonder if we'll sleep Will we sleep in heaven? I don't know. Yet there will be continuous day. Only the Lord knows how this could happen. There will be no normal day and night. For at evening time, it will still be light. It's going to be cool. First eight. On that day, life-giving waters will flow out from Jerusalem, half toward the Dead Sea and half toward the Mediterranean, flowing continuously in both summer 
in winter. Now my question is, will it still be called the Dead Sea? Or will there be a sea called the Dead Sea in eternity in heaven? All right, verse nine. And the Lord will be keen over all keen over all the earth. On that day there will be no there will be one Lord, his name alone will be worshipped. I'm gonna say that again. On that day there will be one Lord. No Allah or I mean no um Muhammad, there you go. Um no um Buddha, no Krishna, and whoever else you want to fill in the blank that y'all that people like to worship. Be one Lord, Yeshua, Jesus, God, one Lord, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, three and one, our God, three and one. On that day, there will be one Lord. His name alone, His name alone, will be worshipped. We no longer worship our football teams, our basketball teams, our baseball teams, our presidents, our political parties. Uh, whatever you choose to worship, prayer rocks, I don't know, whatever people are into these, whatever your kink is, no longer worship that, no worship the Lord. All the land from Geba, north of Judah, to Rimon, south of Jerusalem, will become one vast plain. But Jerusalem will be raised up in its original place and will be inhabited all the way from the Benjamin Gate over to the site of the Old Gate into the corner gate and from the tower of Hananel to the king's wine presses and Jerusalem will be filled safe at last never again to be cursed and destroyed and the Lord will send a plague on all the nations that fought against Jerusalem their people will become like walking corpses their flesh Riding away, their eyes will rot in their sockets and their tongues will rot in their mouths. On that day, they will be terrified, stricken by the Lord with great panic. They will fight their neighbors hand to hand. Judah, too, will be fighting at Jerusalem. The wealth of all the nations. Well, this is some wild stuff. The wealth of all the neighboring nations will be captured, great quantities of gold and silver and fine clothing. This same plague will strike the horses, mules, camels, donkeys, and all the other animals in the enemy camps. In the end, the enemies of Jerusalem who survived the plague will go to Jerusalem each year to worship the king, the Lord of heaven's armies, and to celebrate the festival of shelters. Yeah. We talked about the festival of shelters. Go back, go back, read all the old stuff we read in Genesis and Exodus. I believe it was Exodus. And then like Leviticus is when they actually came with the festivals. Because it's to celebrate, I believe, them going through the wilderness and setting up their tents and God bringing them out of Egypt. Y'all go read that stuff about the festival of shelters. Google it, festival of shelters. Verse 17, any nation, oh snap, I passed my 15 minute mark. That's going to be a problem for YouTube. Oh well. Any nation in the world that refuses to come to Jerusalem to worship the king, the Lord of heaven's armies will 
have no rain. If the people of Egypt refuse to attend the festival, the Lord will punish them with the same plague that he sends on the other nations who refuse to go. Egypt and the other nations will all be punished if they don't go to celebrate the festival of shelters. On that day, even the harness bells of the horses will be inscribed with these words, Holy to the Lord, and the cooking pots in the temple of the Lord will be as sacred as the basins used beside the altar. In fact, every cooking pot in Jerusalem and Judah will be holy to the Lord of heaven's armies. All who come to worship will be free to use any of these pots to boil their sacrifice, to boil their sacrifices. And on that day, there will no longer be traitors in the temple of the Lord of heaven's armies. Now, when he says traitors, are you talking about like, like traitors, like, you know, people who turncoats, backstabbers? Or are you talking, about, I'm thinking he's talking about traitors, like there'll be no more commerce, no more banking, no more salesmen trying to sell you mattresses, like Mattress Mac. Shout out to Mattress Mike. Mac, if you watch this video, when you win, if the Houston Astros win the World Series, I think you still make a lot of money. You place like the largest bet on them to win. And you also told your customers, yeah, I believe that's how it works. He can't lose because he told all his customers that if the Houston Astros win the World Series, they'd all get their mattresses for free. So all that publicity and marketing is what allows him, allowed him to um, sell a ton of mattresses. But yeah, and then he has to like, he'll have to refund that money if that Houston Astros win. But if they win, he placed a huge bet, gambling bet or whatever. I was just watching, listening to the, another one of my podcasts, I listened to Sports Daily, they were talking about this, Mattress Mac. Those from Houston know what I'm talking about. Anybody that follows ESPN Daily with Pablo not Pablo Escobar, but Pablo Torre. Um, mattress, yeah. If he if the Astros win, he still he's gonna win like a he's placed like the hugest bet ever in the history of like sports betting on the Houston Astros winning. So we'll see how that goes. I hope it goes well for him. I hope the Astros actually win. That'd be nice. Anyway, till next time, I'll holler at y'all later. Thank you for listening. Uh, when we come back, we will be in the last book of the Bible, Malachi. Malachi is only four chapters, I believe. and I'm excited because then after that, we're in the New Testament. So God willing, till next time, I'll holla. Peace. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned or missed the mark or veered off the path and fallen short of the glory of God or God's perfect standard. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of the cost of that sin is death or eternal separation from God. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5a says, But God demonstrated his love toward us or showed his love toward us in that while we were still yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. Romans 10 verse 9 through 10 says that if we will confess with our mouth 
that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will, not might be, not maybe, we will be saved. For with our hearts we believe we are now in right standing with God, and with our mouths we confess that we are now saved. Lastly, Romans 10 verse 13 says that whosoever, anybody or everybody, who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So if you've never asked Jesus into your heart, or you've walked away from him and you would like to rededicate your life to him, you can just simply say, Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my Savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty precious name I pray. Amen.